They don't have a lot of long explosive plays. It's more short stuff and getting yak yardage. Prescott airs it out. They don't have a lot of explosive plays, so you know they're like kind of like dinking and dunking and getting yards after the kids. Prescott airs it out. Wilson, he's got it for the catch. Um, they give him the keys to the offense. He's able to dink and dunk. Prescott steps into it. Cooper, touchdown, Dallas. Boy, that dink and dunk Dak Prescott, he can uh, he can be a little bit tough, can't he, New York Giants? That's a that's a tough offense to play. Welcome to Cowboys Cast, presented by bloggingtheboys.com. I am your host, Bobby Belt. Coming up here in a few minutes, we're going to be talking with the Blogging the Boys godfather, RJ Ochoa. Get his thoughts on this game yesterday, and specifically, how good is this Dallas Cowboys team? Because that was the question, that hasn't quite been the question this season. A lot of this, the question heading into the season was, is this Cowboys team good? Will this defense be good enough to not totally ruin the game for the offense? Not totally just destroy the effort that you're getting from the offense? This Cowboys team is good now. Cowboys fans, you can feel good about that. This is a good football team. Now the question is, how good? They are a contender. Where do they stack up against the other contenders? And I don't think anybody's losing their minds over beating a bad Giants team. Not just a bad Giants team, but a bad Giants team that was as banged up as that one was. That, that was a, a massacred Giants team. You should have beaten them by 24 points. But that's the thing, you did. What you should do, you haven't always done. And this team, this year, with Dan Quinn leading that defense and with Kellen Moore and his play design and Dak Prescott coming into his own and the running game being like it is, this team handles business. And it's an exciting time. Cowboys win this one, like I said yesterday, 44-20. to Dak Prescott had a 300-yard performance for the first time in uh, since actually week one, I believe against Tampa Bay, 22 of 32, 302 yards, three touchdowns, and a pick. He almost had a second pick. He had a a fumbled snap. It wasn't a great snap by Tyler Biotish. Biotish didn't have a great game yesterday. But Dak Prescott should have had that snap. And so he did have his, his lumps, had his warts, and he even talked about after the game that he was in a bit of a, a mental fog or, or he wasn't quite himself and he didn't look like it. That was one of his, I don't even want to say the first half. That was one of his poorer first 20 minutes of a game. I think that we've seen in, in quite a long time, maybe, maybe since 2017 or the first half of 2018 when they didn't have any receiving help for him. Wasn't a great day for him early on, uh, but he put it together in the second half and played really well, took care of things. The Cowboys defense did their job. You know, they gave up some chunk plays and and they were abused a little bit by Kadarius Toney, but a lot of that was when the game was put away. Daniel Jones gets knocked out of this game, but before that, I mean, he had started that game 0 of 8, I think, definitely started 1 of 9. I mean, it was a brutal start. The Cowboys were swarming them. The Cowboys were all over the ball. This defense is really putting it together, and they generate turnovers. They make plays on the ball. 
another two interceptions yesterday. They just kept that two turnover streak alive with Anthony Brown getting that pick six inside of two minutes. But they kept it alive, and they continue to make plays on the ball on defense. And I think you'll live with some of the chunk plays that show up as long as you're taking the ball away. That's 10 interceptions on this season now. The Cowboys, heading into this year, had gone six straight seasons. Or actually, it may have been more than that. Let's see here. 15, 16, 17, 18, 19, 20. No, six straight seasons with 10 interceptions or fewer. And that's the longest streak in the last 88 years in the NFL. Nobody's had a streak that long of 10 interceptions or fewer. Now, five games into the season, the Cowboys have 10 interceptions on the season. So that streak is done with the next pick that they get. Trayvon Diggs had an interception again yesterday. Keeps his streak alive. That's nine interceptions in his last 10 games. Could have had like two others. Well, could have had one other. And then on a second, he had kind of floated out of bounds. But I mean, genuinely could have had another interception yesterday. Could have had two. And you had Micah Parsons with his three quarterback hits. Made a couple of great plays in space. Randy Gregory was generating a lot of pressure again. This team's coming together. They're playing really, really well. And and it's not just who they've been playing. They've played the Eagles. They've you know played this beleaguered Giants team. They played really well against Tampa. Could have won that game. Maybe should have won that game. You beat the Chargers on the road. You manhandled the Panthers in the second half, if not for some garbage time touchdowns when Trayvon Diggs and Micah Parsons had gone out and Randy Gregory. This is a good football team winning a lot of times in dominating fashion. And you could very, very easily be looking at five and one heading into the bye week. There's a tough second half of the schedule. This is the easier part of the schedule. But... They're handling business in this first half. And going into that second half, that tougher stretch of the schedule, which is looking easier as the season progresses. But as you get into that, you're going to get Lyle Collins back. You're going to get Michael Gallup back. You're going to get Demarcus Lawrence back. It is a very, very exciting time for Dallas Cowboys fans. All right, let's jump now and uh, chat with RJ Ochoa from Blogging the Boys. Joining us now is RJ Ochoa. Uh, Official title is Godfather of bloggingtheboys.com, I believe. Uh, you can follow him on Twitter at RJ Ocho. You can now follow him again on Instagram at that same handle, right? You, they can actually find you at RJ Ocho right. on Instagram? Yes, they can. Thank you, Bobby. Uh, I was trapped out of Instagram, um, trying to keep me down. Uh, Facebook as well. Uh, got a new phone, had a big issue, but as of last week, I'm back. Uh, and it feels good. Now I can see you and all the wonderful photos of your family that you posted over the years. Just like the Dallas Cowboys, you're back and better than ever, is what you're trying to say? I suppose. Um, I mean, if I was just like the Dallas Cowboys, it would be my first access to Instagram since 2016. Ah, um, good but, uh, Yeah, I know. But no, I mean, life is good. What what is What more could you want besides Instagram and a successful Dallas Cowboys? So uh, I opened the show. I was talking about, you know, this 44 to 20 victory and with the Giants as depleted as they were. And even before they're depleted, they're just not a very good football team. You should have beaten them by 24 points. I feel like I feel like that's reasonable to expect. But 
the point to me is that this team has not always done what's expected of them. And so I think it's a big deal that you're seeing them handle business when they should take care of business. Because even when they're, they've been super talented or started out great, like they did in 2019, they didn't handle business against the jets. You know, that they got down in holes against, you know, the Packers or, or they had trouble on that division game on the road against the Eagles. To me, the biggest thing is they're taking care of the teams that they should. And, and they're, they've been competitive in the one loss to the Buccaneers. And so to me, that's the biggest takeaway from this game. I'm not, I don't think you can take any giant, you know, implications from it. Uh, giant. There you go. Uh, a little uh, pun for you there. But I don't think you can take many big implications on the season from it other than just cumulatively what it means, which is this Dallas Cowboys team handles their business. Yeah, you know, um, the should idea is something I mentioned on the post-game show uh, here on the network. Um, I, I mentioned that they were checking off, like, should boxes. And it, it feels like it's been a long time since they've done that because you're right, generally in this moment, in this, you know, uh, you know, in this opportunity, they fold. Like, whether that's the Jets or the Eagles or whatever the case may be. I mean, you know, and even if they win sometimes, you know, they've, they've won kind of in, in not hollow ways, but, Ways where they each got to win against a, a lower quality team that they should have dominated. And, you know, I think you can make an argument. I mean, certainly now you can, but at the time, you know, it was, it was fair to say, okay, you need to go one and one in those first two games. And they did. And then it was, okay, this, this Eagles team is not very good, but you should, you should win and you should win handily. And they did that. And then it was, okay, this Panthers team is kind of a paper tiger. You should beat them. And, and they beat them, I think, in a more impressive way than, than maybe you and I both thought. Yep. Uh, that third quarter was obviously spectacular. And then it was, okay, yeah, this, this Giants team, you know, they're a little bit down on their luck. They've got a lot of bad injuries, you know, certainly surrounding their team. You should win. And I think even entering the second half, it was, okay, you know, Daniel Jones is out. You know, this is unfortunate. You know, obviously everyone's going to take the win. But you should go out there and you should have, you know, you should have fun. You should be able to have full and total control of Mike Glenn. And, and it felt like they did that. I know Kadarius Tony had his successes and whatnot, but, I mean, it feels like, you know, and I know it's easy to say that because they won 13 games, but it feels like it has been since 2016 since they, they checked off the should boxes or maybe since that, that stretch in 2018, although um, they were kind of just, you know, catching lightning in a bottle there. But it's, it's been a while since they have just kind of um, done this in, in every sort of way, which is really nice to see. And, and to your point, very strange for them as far as recent history. Uh, you know, you've got the Cowboys running game uh, probably as good as it's been since 2016. Um, this passing attack, Dak, and, and the receivers and everything else that they've got is really coming into its own. It's, you know, one of the top pass attacks in the league. Is this, honestly, I mean, kind of like having the best of, you know, look at 2014 and how opportunistic that defense was and the way they generated turnovers. It's almost like you're getting 2014 defense, 2016 running game, and, and maybe, you know, 2019-ish passing game. Um, would you say it's fair to say they're almost collecting some of the best parts of their, their teams in recent years and, and being able to really put together a, a fully, you know, orbed, well-balanced attack on both sides of the ball at this point? Yeah, and I would also add, you know, they've got kind of the the 2007, like, roster name recognition. You know what I mean? So, yeah. like, it's, it's just cool. And even, like, beyond that, like, you know, this game, it's like Zeke goes for 100. And you, you tweeted about this, uh, about, you know, how Zeke and Tony Potter are both on pace for over 1,000 yards. Amari and, and T.D. Lamb, obviously. Dalton Schultz just going to miss out. Like, every game so far, and it's obviously extremely early on, it, it, it feels, and you know what this is like when, 
you know, you're playing Madden or NCAA and you're like, okay, I have to get all my guys, you know, their hundred yards and their, their touchdowns. And, you know, I, I've got to, you know, cause I'm just like collecting. I just want the like, yeah. style points of it all. Uh, and that's kind of how 2007 felt to me. And so it's, it's really impressive in that sense. And I, you know, I know we've had different conversations about this. I think Mike McCarthy deserves a lot of credit for that. And I know it's hard to point to like the exact reasoning for that. Um, but, you know, that's really impressive. Um, and within the context of the fact that it's only been uh, five games at this point in time, but they really have this just collective package of, details and components of their team that, that make them very good. It makes them one of the, the harder teams to beat, I think. You know, and, and I, I'm, when you asked the question, I thought back to uh, when our friend Charles Robinson spoke about the Cowboys after he went to training camp and how he came away thinking or, you know, that they want to run the ball. And, I, and, you know, I remember when I tweeted that out, like, everybody panicked. And cause that's, you know how Twitter can be like, oh, no, they want to establish the run. But, like, you know, they are running the ball in – the, the way you want to. I mean, and so, like, it's kind of hard to, you know, it, it, it's difficult to believe it's real that they're doing things in this sound of a way all the way around. I think that, you know, like I said, there's there's not a ton I don't think you can take away from yesterday's game. Uh, I, just because it is, you know, you did what you were supposed to do. Um, I, I don't know that there was a lot concerning. I had said it that, you know, I don't know that that was the worst half we've seen from Dak in a while, but definitely probably the worst, you know, first 20 minutes, probably his worst 20 minutes in a long time. And that's how he used to open games. You remember back in like 2016, he always used to like start games like two of seven or something. Mm -hmm. And there'd always be these struggles early on. And then he'd finish a game against Baltimore, go like 20 of 21 in the second half. And so that was, he even talked about it post game saying that he was in a bit of a fog, I think is, is the term he had used for that. And so I don't know that you can take away a ton positive about this team other than just like I had mentioned cumulatively so moving past this game I think which fans will do pretty quickly um, because it was exactly what you expected from them let's look more macro I guess because the question coming in this season was is Dallas good and I think the answer now is a definitive yes Dallas is good and so the question now becomes how good is Dallas where do they stack up among the contenders and so Looking at this season, looking at the second half of the year, when, when they've got a bit of a tougher schedule, it's actually looking easier by the day. Washington doesn't look like the the team that we thought they could be, the defense we thought they could be. Kansas City honestly could be, you know, like one in four at this point. They've really struggled relative to their expectations. Um, the Saints have had some issues. But looking forward to the rest of the season, how do you think Dallas stacks up among the best teams in the league at this point? You know, I, I'd say that I'm, you know, I would love to see them play the Chargers. I would love, again, you know, I, and the fact that they've beaten them, you know, and I feel like they, they played before either team really found themselves because it seems like that's starting to happen. Uh, but I would love to see that game kind of just, you know, in the middle of November or at the beginning of December. But I would love to see them play the Bills. I think within the hierarchy of the NFC, you know, you mentioned Kansas City's not, you know, doing great relative to expectations. I think the Rams are kind of falling off a little bit. Everybody really fell in love with them through the first couple of weeks of the season. Uh, I know they beat the Seahawks last week, but it was it wasn't like the most, you know, it didn't have the highest level of authority. I still don't totally believe in the Packers. They, 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 it feels like there's a, a bottom that's coming out of there eventually to me. Obviously, the Cowboys lost to the Bucks, and I think you have to consider them as, as you know, some you know one of the better teams in the NFL. I don't see any reason why I, – I mean, I don't know who the Cowboys could draw in the wild card round that they wouldn't be right now. 
I, I really have a hard time seeing that. Even if they drew, you know, Arizona, if they don't win the NFC, you know, West. I mean, I, I think that they'll easily get through there. I think the matchup in the division around will be really interesting because I think, I think you and I both think that they're going to be playing at, at that stage. And so I really want to see, and that, that, that's why, like, I, I really want the should boxes checked. Like, there's a, there's a higher level of satisfaction, I think, for that. Like, I want to see the Cowboys go to New England get a win there, beat Bill Belichick. I know it's not Tom Brady and whatever, but, like, that would be nice to kind of, you know, like like beating the Ravens in 2016 felt like, you know, okay, finally, you've, you've done this. Or not, uh, yeah, what's 16? Yeah. But, I mean, I want to see the Packers in the divisional line. That's what I want to see. I Like, I want to see, like, I want an exorcism for the Cowboys this season. And I want them to go to Lambeau Field. I tweeted about this last week, and everybody, I said, that, oh, the divisional round matchup at Lambeau Field is going to be awesome. All the replies were like, that game's going to be an Arlington game. Blah, blah. I want to see them go to Lambeau Field. Like, I want to see them do that. And I want to see them, you know, kind of take down the big bad wolf, so to speak. Um, and I don't see any reason why they can't. I mean, yeah, like, there are certain things that we want to see them do over the course of the rest of the season. But they have – we're learning, as you said, that, that they have every, you know, bit of potential to do – I mean, to do it all. I, I mean, I don't know how you can't say the Cowboys aren't in the mix for the Super Bowl this year. Would you say, and this is just for fun for you and me, I think, I, I don't know that anybody else thinks in these terms like ours, but let's think of like the most poetic uh, way that the Cowboys could potentially get to a Super Bowl matchup. So would that be... Oh, I've, I've said this already. Have you? Okay. Here, at Lambeau in the divisional round. You think at Lambeau in the divisional round would be it? Yes, because it's, I mean... Like, they've I never, be, they've ne- they've never beaten Green Bay in AT&T Stadium. I know, but, and, like, maybe you could argue that, like, because there is, like, some poetry to, like, like this game, like, Dak and the Giants and, like, the scene of the crime one year later. So, there is something to that, but, I mean, like, there is the, the Dez catch. Like, it would be sick to see CD have, like, the game-winning catch. You know what I mean? And kind of, like, rewrite history in that sense. But I, I would love more than anything, or maybe not more than anything, but more than a lot of things. For Aaron Rodgers' last game as a Packer, assuming they trade him in the offseason, which is a whole different discussion, but to be a divisional round loss to the Cowboys against the head coach who he ran out of town. Like, I don't know that there's more poetry than that. And I want it in the divisional round specifically for the Cowboys to break through to the NFC title game, which is the point they haven't reached in a long time. So now I'll flip it to you if you give me what I want, uh, Cowboys over Packers in the divisional round. What would be the most poetic NFC title game? Well, I think I think it goes. So I think the most poetic setup has to be that Tampa Bay gets the number one seed. So because oh, then, then I th- you go back. So I would say wild card round. The most poetic would be you beat you get the Rams in the wild card round, oh, and you're, great a, point, Bobby, you're, you're, great point. you're able to beat the Rams, who Dak has lost to in the playoffs. Then you get the Packers at home in the next round. You're able to beat them, who Dak has lost to in the playoffs. And then you go on the road against Tampa, who Dak told Tom Brady after the game, like, we'll see you later. And as their, you know, bitter uh, loss to start the season, you get to beat Brady in Tampa. Yeah, that's great. And especially if you're saying you get you would get the Rams um, and the Packers at AT&T Stadium then. Um, and so you get to beat the Rams, you get to beat Sean McVay. Um, and also, like, you know, to add to that, the team you scrimmaged with during training camp. And Matthew Stafford loses again in the wild card round to the Cowboys at AT&T Stadium. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I'm, I'm open to the location on the Packers. But as long as that happens in the divisional round, and then Bucks, oh, man. that's so. And then you beat Tom Brady, like, that would be so sick. I mean, you would roll through the three guys that I think a lot of people thought would be MVP in the NFC right there in terms of their quarterbacks. And then yep. 
for the Super Bowl, I mean, like, I know that the nostalgic, you know, the, the nostalgia within us would say the Bills, but Bills or Chargers, I think, you know, would, would be the kind of final. I think maybe the Bills, because then you could say the Cowboys beat every contender so far, like throughout the season, assuming they beat the Chiefs. Well, and you, and, and, and you get the Chiefs. You get yeah. the, yeah, and you get the Cole Beasley storyline. You get Stefan Diggs on Trayvon Diggs in oh, the Super Bowl. Oh, Bobby, man. Oh, and, and, and you get Sean McDermott, who was the thorn in Tony Romo's side. Yes. That gets to go and, like, avenge that. Dude, holy crap. What a great, what a just fantastic. You should you should write poetry. Bob. So should should that so that would be the we're getting so ahead of ourselves here. Don't don't freak out if you're listening to this and you think like we're already putting them as a Super Bowl winner. We're just talking about. I forgot we were recording. I thought we were on the phone. I, I, I know. I know. We're, we're we're just trying to run through the most poetic setup. But would that be the most poetic setup? You get Rams, Packers, Buccaneers, and then Buffalo. Yeah, and I think if we go one step before that, um, I think you you beat the Cardinals in Week 17. Um, to like earn the two seed, right? Because you you have to be a two yeah. seed to play in the wild card round, and so you like it would be cool to kind of check off all these boxes, like I'm saying, like you beat Kansas City, but you beat the Cardinals, so you get this like NFC East old school, you know, like you know, throwback memory there. And Kyler is the guy who said that the Cowboys were always asked when he was growing up, so you get that revenge on him too, and you put them in their place, but then you still need them to win the NFC West. So you can play the Rams in the wild. Well, and the Cardinals were the ones who abused you in Dak's first game away last year. Was that mm-hmm. who they played? Yeah, that's correct. So you get all that poetry there. All right. So I'm going to, I'm going to run through the list real quick. I just want a, a simple, you know, you know or, or not a simple, I guess we can flesh it out a little bit, but when you look at, let's start just on the NFC side, some of these other contenders, let's just look at the other division leaders right now and Dallas or this team, who do you think is better? So we'll just run through it. Arizona five and oh, you think Dallas or Arizona is better right now? Dallas, but only because Arizona's like really faltered since they're they're winning Jacksonville. They haven't been this. I know they they played well against the Rams, but we haven't seen like Kyler Murray do the like super freak Kyler Murray thing. Now granted, like DeAndre Hopkins is doing super freak things and Andre Moore, but like Kyler Kyler is the thing that scares me on that team, and I feel like we haven't seen him go off recently. I'm fascinated to see them play the Browns this week, and I think that that will give us a, a more proper level of context in terms of who they are. Uh, over in the NFC South, is Dallas better than Tampa? I would say no. I, I don't think you can say so, you know, given the fact they lost to them. But, you know, it's a long season. Green Bay. Yes. I, I think that Green Bay – I mean I, – I, yeah, I, 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 don't, I, don't I don't think the Cowboys lose by 35 points to the Saints. I don't think they lose by 35, and I don't think that they're, like, in the mix against the Lions in week two, the way that they were on Monday Night Football. And, yeah, the Cowboys were, like, somewhat in the mix against the Giants, you know. And those are both divisional games, but that was so early. I just, you know, I, it, it feels like the, the Packers are I, – I thought that Dak played the, the first half against the Giants, or really the first quarter, kind of like a, a going-through-the-motion sort of way. Like, oh, I'll just, you know, I'll just do it. And Which he fine. acknowledged. And – Right, and I feel like that's how the Packers are kind of playing this season, and and they're so talented and so good that like it works out better than than you know more times than it doesn't. But I just feel like that's you know they have it. They're they're going to pick up a couple of wins here over the you know the next couple of weeks. But when they play Arizona, like that too, I'm excited to see. But I just their their floor feels around the same as the Cowboys, but they're still not as much lower in my mind. Okay, when you look at uh, wild card contenders in the NFC, either New Orleans or the Rams, you think contend with the Cowboys, or you think Dallas is better than both? 
the Rams can contend. I mean, certainly. But I, I, I like Dallas better than Dallas right now. So the only team you're definitively taking over Dallas right now in the NFC is Tampa. Right. And I think the closest, like number two, is probably Arizona just because Kyler – Kyler represents the biggest X factor in the whole conference. Well, and they're the only they're the only undefeated team in the NFL. That's got to be worth something. Right. So, uh, AFC uh, looking at Baltimore, which they played tonight. They're three and one. Dallas or Baltimore right now? Dallas, um, but I'm I'm interested to see Baltimore over the rest of the season. I'm interested to see Lamar and how things work for them. I mean, you know, when Rashad Bateman gets involved, but I, I'm still in Dallas. Buffalo. That's tough. I might lean Buffalo. I, I think mean, I, I, I think I, I think I'd take the Bills and the Buccaneers over Dallas right now. And that may be it. Yeah, I've said before that I think I would take Josh Allen over Dak. Um, now I don't know if I feel that way anymore after the first five weeks of the season. But that I mean, we we're all high on the Cowboys defense. The Bills defense is you know it's it's the best defense in the NFL. We will not. I mean, I don't think any of the other AFC contender. I mean, you've already got the Chargers who Dallas has beaten. So I think it'd be tough to say the Chargers were better. Um, the only other team I'll ask about, and it's not about currently, obviously, it's about the future. Do you think, you know, two months from now or, or whatever else that we'll be saying Dallas or Kansas City's better? Because Kansas City's struggling right now, obviously. But who do you think we'll be saying is better heading into that matchup, let's say, Chiefs and Cowboys? I think heading into that matchup, Dallas, because, I mean, you know, what What game are they losing between now and then, right? They've got New England, then the bye, then Minnesota. And I, I you know, maintain that that Minnesota game is, is a little bit sneakier than maybe it appears on paper, but uh, then Denver and Atlanta, you know what I mean? So, like, the Cowboys have maybe one more loss between now and then, um, which would still be less than Kansas City has currently. Um, I think that, you know, it will be interesting to see what, like, betting lines are for that game, but I don't know how you don't say, you know, Dallas and Okay, so final question for you here. You mentioned that you think, you know, they should beat New England, and, and we've talked about the Cowboys handling business and, and taking care of what they, you know, need to do, doing what we expect of them. What is the expectation, do you think, for them heading into New England, other than just their favorites? What would you expect from them? What do you want to see from them? What's the, the bar for how they should perform in this game against the Patriots, do you think? I really want to see the offense not be contained, right? I mean, we've seen that, obviously, from Bill Belichick throughout his entire career, and even against the Buccaneers, you know, last week, obviously. Had success, you know, wasn't the, the best performance from, from, Tom, from Tom Brady specifically or the Buccaneers as a whole, obviously, they won. But, you know, if the Cowboys' offense can continue to thrive, if the running game can continue to thrive, if everything, if it can kind of just be par for the course and what this season's been against Bill Belichick of all people, like, yeah, again, I realize that the roster isn't what it used to be, but that will that will be a very positive sign in my mind. I, I take it back. I have one more question for you. Through five games of the season, who would you say is, if you had to pick a team MVP, the guy who who's most responsible, and it's been such a team effort on both sides of the ball, but who would you say is has been the X factor, I guess, for this Cowboys team so far this year? I will say that it's Dak and Trayvon Diggs, but in the interest of not playing them, because that would not be fun. Um, I will say on offense, uh, it might be Amari Cooper. Like if you're talking like MVP and like, you know, what you mean to the team playing through injury. I mean, Amari has just, especially without Michael Gallup there, really just been a darling. Um, I think you can make a case for Terrence Field and, you know, what he's done for the team in terms of being called upon and whatnot. Um, and I think you can certainly argue Tyron Smith. I mean, like I said this in the post game show too, like, like we have not wondered about Tyron's health more. And I don't say that to like, you know, don't go jinxing him. Anybody like panic, but like, you know, that is a really impressive thing. 
Um, and then on defense, if it's not Trayvon, this is also chalk, but it's Micah Parsons. He's a baller. But outside of Micah Parsons, um, J-Ron Curse, maybe, and, and like what he means to the team and like kind of the disposition. Well, just, J-Ron, to your point. Randy Gregory, Kazee, I yeah, think is a, I think I think you look at Demonte Kazee as like a uh, as an emotional leader. Yeah, there's a, there's a lot of guys who hear hear who it could be. Uh, RJ Ochoa, you can follow him on Twitter at RJ Ochoa and uh, on Instagram too, as we mentioned, and check out all his work over at bloggingtheboys.com. RJ, I love you. Bobby, one love. All right, thank you again to RJ Ochoa, our, our good buddy from bloggingtheboys.com. Uh, again, this was a, a big victory for the Cowboys, not necessarily on, on an individual basis, but just a, cumulatively what it means to this team and the way that they've stepped up and, and delivered exactly what's been expected of them in just about every game and, and in some ways surpassing expectations. I think it's fair to say they've either, either met or surpassed expectations in every game this season, including the opener that they lost. I don't think anybody thought they'd be contending at the end of that game the way that they were. And a lot of that's due to Dak Prescott. A lot of that's due to Tony Pollard and Ezekiel Elliott and the way are they are and the way the offensive line has been stable and the way the defense is generating turnovers. It is a complete football team right now. And there's a lot to be excited about when it comes to this Cowboys team. And here's a fun note for you. I I had looked this up earlier. The Cowboys, when Ezekiel Elliott and Tony Pollard rush for 60 yards each, are now 8-0. Now, there's a little bit of a chicken and the egg thing there. You know, a lot of times you're running the ball. If if they're both getting the type of carries in the past in 2019 and 2020, if they're both getting enough carries to get over 60 yards, it was generally clock killing. You were generally up by a bunch, and you were just trying to, you know, run out the rest of the game. And so there's a little bit of a grain of salt there, but... The Cowboys run game is producing four straight games where Tony Pollard and Ezekiel Elliott have picked up at least 60 yards. As RJ had mentioned, I tweeted this. Tony Pollard is on pace for over 1,000 yards rushing. Ezekiel Elliott is on pace for over 1,000 yards rushing. Amari Cooper and CeeDee Lamb are on pace for over 1,000 yards receiving. And Dalton Schultz is on pace for about 950. So he could potentially get in that realm where they've got two running backs, two receivers, and a tight end potentially by the end of the season that are all over 1,000 yards. This is a dynamic offense with a playmaking defense and a defense that I think is getting better and will get better the more they get healthier and the more they play together and I think you'll see some of these chunk plays becoming fewer and fewer and rarer and rarer and that's going to be a big thing for this Cowboys team they are a legitimate contender right now I'd say they're only below the Bills and the Buccaneers and they're right there probably with Arizona but this is an exciting team Patriots coming up next week, and then we'll be heading into the bye week. We'll talk to you then, hopefully after another victory and a 5-1 and one start.